Assalamu alaikum my friends my name is Fazal welcome to Injil for Muslim podcast Allah Taala has given the Injil Sharif to be a blessing and guidance for all peoples including the Muslim community Inshallah these lessons will guide you to understand the word of God which Allah has given through Isa al-Masih The Injil for Muslims podcast is especially designed for those from Muslim families who want to learn more about the Injil Sharif Please listen closely as my friend Dr. Daud teaches. Our prayer is that you will learn to love Isa Al-Masih with all your heart, soul, mind and strength as you listen. Assalamu alaikum my friends. Welcome to the 5th episode of the Injil is for Muslims podcast. It is my conviction that the Injil Sharif has been given as a guidance and light for all peoples. And I hope that you you are blessed as you come and you're hearing piece by piece what what the meaning of the Injil Sharif is for our life. So one of the questions that people continue to have is, is the Injil really for me? Is the Injil the, the word of God that he desires to, to change my life through? And I want to begin today's episode by reading a few verses from the end of the Injil Sharif, from a book that we call Revelation in English or Mukashafa in Urdu. And this is a testimony that the, the Injil Sharif gives about itself. It says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the, the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city, which are written about in this book. Now, simply put, what, this, uh, what these two verses say is this is that if anyone adds anything to the Injil Sharif, if anything, anyone adds anything to the Word of God, that God promised that he would pour out all the judgments on the Day of Judgment upon that person, that God would pour out his wrath upon that person. And this has been the belief of the followers of Hazrat Isa al-Masih from the beginning, that, and for this reason, no follower of Hazrat Isa al-Masih dares to add anything to the Injil Sharif. The second thing it says, that if anyone takes away anything from the Injil Sharif, they, their part and Janet will be taken away, that they, they will not be able to enter into the presence of God because they have corrupted the word of God. The testimony of the Injil Sharif about itself is, is this, that God is the one who protects his word. Listen to this curse and this, these curses. If anyone were to change the word of God or to seek to change the word of God, it says that God's curse would be upon that person. This is one of many reasons that we can have some confidence that God's word has not changed. So today we're going to be going through more than one verse in Matthew, and I'm hopeful that we're going to make it all the way through verse 17 of Matthew. At the third episode, we covered one verse, Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. In the last episode, we covered part of one verse, Matthew 1.2, and today my hope is that we will cover Matthew 1, verse 2 through 17. I think that this is a section that we can cover more quickly. We will discuss some things related to this section, um, but let's jump right in. I'm going to begin reading from Matthew 1.1 so that we can remember what we've read before. Matthew 1.1 says, An account of the genealogy of Isa al-Masih, Ibn Daud, Ibn Ibrahim. We discussed that Hazrat Isa al-Masih is given three great titles in this first passage. First, he's the Masih, the anointed one that God has chosen to, to put his blessing on from the beginning of the world. He's Ibn Daud, meaning that God desires to put him on the throne of Hazrat Daud, that he will sit enthroned on David's seat forever, and that he will usher in the kingdom of God. 
The third is that he's Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam, and that just as God had given many promises to Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam, to, to bless him, to make him a great nation, and to bless all the families of the earth through him, that those prophecies about Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam are ultimately fulfilled in the person of Hazrat Isa Masih. Last week, we read this phrase, Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam fathered Hazrat Isa Haq. We talked that God has a great blessing for um, both of the sons of Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam, both Hazrat Isa Haq alayhi salam and Hazrat Ishmael alayhi salam. But the blessing that he has for Hazrat Isa Haq alayhi salam is the promise, is the covenant that God had given to Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam. But at the same time, though the word of God, the Torah Sharif and the Injil Sharif make it clear that God desires to give a great blessing and great honor also to Hazrat Ishmael alayhi salam. So let's continue to read from this point. So we read Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam fathered Hazrat Isahak alayhi salam. Hazrat Isahak alayhi salam fathered Hazrat Yaqub. Hazrat Yaqub fathered Judah and his brothers. So when we realize, when we read these passages, one of the things that you're going to notice is that how many of the famous prophets are in the lineage of Hazrat Isal Masih. So let's keep reading. So Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Aram. Aram fathered Aminadab, Abinadab fathered Nashan, Nashan fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab, Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King Daud. That's Hazrat Daud, alayhi salam. So when we look at this, we already see how many famous names that have been in the, the genealogy of Hazrat Isa Masih. Hazrat Ibrahim, alayhi salam, Hazrat Isa Haq, alayhi salam, Hazrat Yaqub, alayhi salam, Hazrat Yudah alayhi salam, Hazrat Dawood alayhi salam. One of the things that we should recognize about the genealogy of Hazrat Isa Masih is how, how blessed of a genealogy that is, how, how blessed his whole family is. And when we look at the prophets of the Old Testament and we look at all these figures of the Old Testament, almost all of them were descended in this line. Another thing I want to look at in this story, and this is will be strange for some listeners, is that there are five women who are mentioned in the genealogy of Hazrat Isal Masih. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Uriah's wife, and Hazrat Miriam alayhi salam. There's a point that the Injil Sharif is trying to make in including these names. Now, I'm going to say some things, and they will they may shock you, but I'm going to help you understand at the end why I'm talking about these things. Of these five women, three of these women committed adultery. That's Tamar, Rahab, and Uriah's wife. Two, two of these women were from nations that were the enemies of Bani Israel. That's Rahab and Ruth. Why did Matthew include these names in his genealogy when he was showing where Hazrat Isamasi came from? It seems that Matthew purposefully included these names to show that God can do his work, even though through sinful people and those who are far from him. Now, we need to know this. The mission of uh, Hazrat Isal Masih was not only for one community or for one people. His commission was global. God desires to bring people from every tongue and tribe and people and nation into his kingdom. God loves all people everywhere. One of the themes, one of the things that you'll see in the book of Matthew is that we'll see how Hazrat Isal Masih brought sinful people and he brought broken people close to God including these women in the genealogy, reminds us of this truth. Now, this is good news for us today. Many people believe, have this false idea in their minds, that if we want to get close to God, 
that the first thing we need to do is become very religious and to do many things. And to a few episodes ago, I was I was reading a verse from Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, that says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It's much easier, I've seen, for people to purify themselves outwardly, to put on clean clothes, and to show outwardly that, look, I'm a religious person. Purifying ourselves from within is a harder work. And in fact, we can't do it ourselves. But Hazrat Isa al-Masih can change our hearts. He can purify us from within. And that's what this book is about. God can take sinful people. He can change their hearts. And today, if you're far from God, if there's brokenness inside of you, know this, that Hazrat Isa al-Masih wants to change your life. Since sinful and broken people, like these women, were included in the family of Hazrat Isa al-Masih, Sinful and broken people can be included in God's household today. Romans 5.8 in the Angel Sharif reminds us of this. It says that God proves his own love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Al-Masih died for us. In the same way, God loves sinful people and is ready to include them in his people if they will simply repent and believe. So let's pick up in reading in verse 6. Daud fathered Suleiman by Uriah's wife. Suleiman fathered Rehoboam. Rehoboam fathered Abijah. Abijah fathered Asa. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat fathered Joram. Joram fathered Uzziah. Uzziah fathered Jotham. Jotham fathered Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Hezekiah. Hezekiah fathered Manasseh. Manasseh fathered Amon. Amon fathered Josiah. And Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. I've just read many names. The names I just read are the kings of Bani Israel from the time of Hazrat Daud al-Islam in about 1000 BC to the exile in Babylon in 586 BC. So the, these kings spanned a time of over 400 years. And the stories of these kings are found in Second Kings and the Old Testament. One of the things that the Old Testament contains is it contains the history of God's people. Learning the history of God's people, we can see the stories of how God God shows grace and judgment in, in, in his people. So often God's people were led by a righteous king to repent and follow God. Other kings were evil and led God's people into sin. Ultimately, God judged his people by bringing them into captivity under the country of Babylon. So God's purpose in all of this was to bring his people to repent by bringing judgment on them for their sins. In this way, God acted like their heavenly father who disciplined his children and sought to bring them back to himself. All right, let's pick up at verse 12. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Shealtiel. Shealtiel fathered Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel fathered Abiud. Abiud fathered Eliakim. Eliakim fathered Azor. Azor fathered Zadok. Zadok fathered Akim. Akim fathered Eliud. Eliud fathered Eliezer. Eliezer fathered Muthan. Muthan followed fathered Yaqub, and Yaqub fathered Yusuf, the husband of Miriam, who gave birth to Isa, who was called the Messiah. So all the generations from Hazrat Ibrahim to Hazrat Dawud were 14 generations, and from Hazrat Dawud until the exile to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the exile to Babylon until the Messiah, 14 generations. The stories of Shealtiel and Zerubbabel are also famous in Ezra and Nehemiah, which are two books in the Old Testament. The rest of the names mentioned in this, gene in this genealogy are unmentioned in the Old Testament. 
Uh, what I mean is that the stories after this man Josiah and Jeconiah and the time of the Babylon, uh, time of Babylon until the birth of, of Yusuf, who's, who became the husband of Hazrat Marim alayhi salam, most of those names are of unknown people. We know this that, well, Hazrat Isa al-Masih was born to a royal lineage, being this Ibn Daud. His immediate ancestors were not famous. Instead, Hazrat Isa al-Masih was born into obscurity, even into poverty. It is important to notice that this lineage traces to a man named Yusuf, who married Hazrat Maryam a.s. I want to make something clear. This Yusuf is not the prophet, but rather a man named in honor of the prophet. The text clarifies that Yusuf was not the physical father of Hazrat Esau Masih, but likely Yusuf adopted Hazrat Esau Masih as his son. Uh, therefore, Hazrat Esau Masih, both by Roman and Jewish law, would have had the full rights to Yusuf's ancestry. One of the things we're not going to cover today, but we're going to get to uh, very soon in the next episode, is to talk about the birth of Hazrat Esau Masih. There are many misunderstandings about the birth of Hazrat Esau Masih, and many people have come up with some very strange thoughts and strange teachings about what followers of Hazrat Esau Masih believe about his birth. I believe that those things will be clarified in the next episode, and so we'll, we'll go ahead and look at those things there. But today, I want to focus on a few things from the genealogy of Hazrat Esau Masih again. The first is that Hazrat Esau Masih was born in a royal lineage. He was he was born the son of kings, of a child of Hazrat Daud alayhi salam, meaning that all the promises that God gave to Hazrat Daud alayhi salam, that there would be a child who would sit on his throne forever, a son who would sit on his throne forever, that is Hazrat Isa Masih. It says that he's the ultimate Ibn Ibrahim. Hazrat Isa Masih is the ultimate fulfillment of all the promises that God gave to Ibrahim, that God would bless him, that he'd make him a great nation, and through him, he'd bless all the peoples of the earth. We see that he's a descendant of Hazrat Isa Haq alayhi salam, Hazrat Yaqub alayhi salam, Hazrat Yud alayhi salam, Hazrat Suleiman alayhi salam. Hazrat Isa al-Masih came from a great lineage. He also had a lineage that included sinful people and broken people. And this is a testimony that God is ready to include in his family people who are far away from him. This is good news for us today because all of us are sinners and all of us by our sin, have broken our relationship with God. The fact that God is willing to include broken people into his ummah, into his family, means that if we simply repent of our sins to follow Hazrat Isa Masih, that we can also find forgiveness and grace. So one last thing is also true from the family of Hazrat Isa Masih. Hazrat Isa Masih's immediate ancestors, like Yusuf, who is the husband of Hazrat Miriam alayhi salam, these were men who were not famous. Um, Hazrat Isa al-Masih was born into a family in obscurity. He was born into poverty. And so Hazrat Isa al-Masih understands the struggles that the average person has. And he can love us in the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our temptations, in the middle of our trials, because he experienced them as well. And so today, I hope that you will find forgiveness and grace in Hazrat Isa al-Masih. is my friends. Thank you for tuning in. I want to welcome you to continue this conversation of learning from the Anjil Sharif. And in particular, I want to give you a challenge. If you want to learn about the Injil Sharif and to really learn this book, I want to give you the, the Injil in 90 Days Challenge. The Injil in 90 Day Challenge is simply this. You can easily read the entire Injil Sharif in about 90 days. If you read just three chapters a day, it'll take you about 15 minutes. You may have a lot of questions. How do I get an Injil Sharif? What do, where did the Injil Sharif come from? For answers to your questions, I want to direct you to our website. Go to Injil 
www.4muslims.com. That's I-N-J-E-E-L, the number 4, muslims.com, and jeelformuslims.com, and you'll find answers to all those questions and more. On that website, you can also find ways to contact us directly with any questions or in any ways we may help you. Allah Hafiz, my friends.